This episode contains adult language, mature situations, dream users, fire series, eye windows, narcoleptic fortune tellers, the reason for love, and lots of anime and manga references. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 143, Super Primary School Student versus the Dream Monsters. And we're back for another episode of the Sparkin Manga Review, the podcast where we talk about manga, tell you how the art style is, how the characters are, and if the manga is worth buying. I'm your host, Zan, and welcome. Yeah, we're back for another fun-filled episode. Remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com, where you can leave comments, check out our review archive, and even check out our other podcasts, the Spirekin Manga Review, the Spirekin Movie Review, and the Spirekin Video Game Review, and our con reports. All that and more is on that website. We're also on our Twitter under Spirekin. You can email us at spirekin at gmail.com, or you can email me, zan, at spirekin.com. Or, if you really want to be interesting, leave a voicemail at 206-250-8462, and we will play it on air. Yeah, we're back for another fun-filled episode, and it's really a good day because, well, it is the holiday season. Well, it's within seven days. It is going to be the 26th, my godson's birthday. It's also going to be Christmas coming up, Hanukkah's upon us, and all the other lovely festivuses and all other religion festivals are happening this week. So, well, it's going to be kind of fun, especially if you're doing something with someone. I'm done shopping. I'm just working very hard, and because of my erratic schedule, unfortunately... Next week, I am going to not be releasing an episode. So, as you can guess, this is the final episode for 2011. Next time you hear me, it will be 2012. I mean, well, actually, yeah. It's going to be the last episode for 2011, unless I release Cobra on time. Hopefully, it'll be done. There is some issues with it because, well, Baz was drunk, and new guy who you haven't met yet, he was being kind of whatever, but... It's a work in progress. We'll see what happens. Hopefully I can do a Christmas miracle like last year when the podcast completely got wiped out and I had to do it all in one day. That was rough. But I could do it. I am strong. I am fuerte. <sighs> anyway, we're getting off topic a little bit. We should get right onto it. I mean, you're not here to listen to me ramble about this or that. You're here to listen to me talk about manga. And we have a very good manga to talk about this week because it is actually a callback to several other mangas 
which I haven't talked about in a long time. Actually, first let's get into some of the other things about the manga beforehand, because this manga is a little bit different than usual, because it is actually a Senen series, released by Kodansha back in 1999 to 2000, and actually, it's a predecessor to several other series. It's actually in the middle of a group of series, there's a bunch of sequels, including one which became an anime series called Yume Sukai. But I digress. And the series was created by Ueshiba Richi. Now, some of you may be like, wait, isn't Rich Ueshiba someone you talked about a long time ago? Well, if you've listened to a lot of episodes of the Spyro Kid Manga View, over 100, you will definitely know this name because in episode 49, where we talked about Mysterious Girlfriend X, we talked about his latest work. Yes, this is the guy who made Mysterious Girlfriend X, and there's a lot of similarities in this series. A lot. But we'll get into that a bit. So he's completely batshit crazy, and it's some weird stuff. But again, like I said, we're getting a little bit ahead and behind of ourselves. So, like I said, the series is a Senin series where it's an adventure, mystery, drama, fantasy series. It's very unusual. And the title for the series is Discommunication Sarahen, or Discommunication Spirit World. Like I said, this is the third in a series. The first one was Discommunication, then there was a side story, Discommunication, Gakunhen, that one came out in 98, and then there's this one, and then after that, there's Yume Sukai, which became an anime series, and then, of course, Nazo no Kanojo X, Mysterious Girlfriend X, which are all connected in some weird way. It's almost like the Gonagai universe, or the Tezuka universe, where everything's connected, but not really. So, let's get on with this. So this series is a little peculiar, because like I said, it starts in the middle of the series, there's only three volumes of this story, but... It's a one-shot. You don't have to have read anything else to understand what's going on because it kind of you have some characters who are old, but they explain who they are. So you're not really too lost. Just a little bit. You want to know more about these characters, and they make some references, but hey, what are we going to do? This was never released in the United States, and if you can get a hold of it, good luck. And the series is about, well, a precocious girl named Rinko Mishima. And when we first meet her, she's actually being confessed to. This little, and she's nine years old, and this kid's like, Rinko, I like you. Do you want to go out on a date? And she looks at him for a second and is like, uh, hold on one second. And she flips up her panties. And for those of you who remember Mysterious Girlfriend X, she has something in her panties. But no, it's not panty scissors. She has a matchbox there full of matches. And what she does, she opens the matchbox and pours the matches around her in a circle and then lights them on fire. So she's in a ring of fire. And you think, what the hell is she doing? Is she going to light herself on fire? Um, no, she just has a ring of fire and she's inside of it. And she tells the kid, step in the fire with me. The kid, besides the fact he doesn't realize, hey, I can be burned by the fire, he says, okay, because this girl might like me and I'm, she might go out. He steps into the fire. Immediately, Rinko turns into an adult. He's like, whoa, what happened to her? And she kisses him. And he's like, whoa. It's like, I'm sorry. I know you like me, but I, my heart is for another person. I have to go now. And then he closes his eyes and opens it, and Rinko's gone. The fire's burnt out, and he notices there's a matchstick in his mouth. He's like, what the hell? Very confused, but he doesn't know what's going on. So then, zooms over to the other side of the park, where you see a couple arguing. And this is Takomi Matsubui and Arika Togawa. They're a recently new couple, and they're fighting because Arika bought a bunch of breads. Melon bread, pastry bread, curry bread. And they're fighting over who gets the melon bread. Because Tagawa wants it for herself, and Matsubui wants it. Says, that's my favorite. You don't want to do this. Oh, 
before I forget, Matsubui also is kind of weird because he has a kitsune mask on the back of his head. And speaking of which, if anyone understands why the Japanese do that during their festivals, please explain that to me. Because every time I see a video or an anime or a manga where they talk about the festivals, they get a mask, then they strap it to the back of their head. I thought that you were supposed to wear the mask on front of your head. What is with the duality? I mean, I know that the Japanese are not worshippers of Janus. So what is it? Someone explain it to me. Spirekin at gmail.com or zanspirekin.com. I would really appreciate it. But, again, like I said, I digress. So, as they're arguing, Rinko shows up and she's like, Oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, is that a Kitsune mask? Can I have it? Since we just met for the first time, you have to give me a present, so give it to me. Please, 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 please. Matsubui is like, What the hell do you want my mask for? You're not getting it's my mask. And so Rinko stops for a second, she thinks, and she opens her panties again and immediately pulls out another box of matches. And she makes a circle, lights it on fire, and she's like, Come into the ring of fire with me. And I'm surprised that this 15-year-old would do the same stupid thing, but he does it too. He gets into the middle of the fire, and immediately she turns into an adult. As she turns into an adult, she's like, Okay, you want to give it to me now? She looks at Matsubui, and immediately something weird happens. She hears him say, How would you like it? And you see his face unravel like the parasites from Hitoshi Iwaki's Parasite, which we reviewed in episode 121, and he proceeds to bite her head off. Well, not really. She freaks out, and then it zooms out, and you see her with a bag on her head, and you see Matsubui spitting out a matchstick, and he's like, what the hell is with the matchstick for? How did you like it? And meanwhile, Takao's like, what the hell was that? As Rinko's freaking out, she pulls off the bag of her head, like, what the hell happened? What happened? What happened? And Togao's like, well, you stepped in the ring of fire, he stepped in the ring of the fire, you put the matchstick in his mouth, and then what he does is he put the bag over your head. And Rinko stops, thinks for a second, like, what the heck? And then she does it again, she proceeds to make the fire again, and she says, you, Togawa, get into the ring. And remember, this is the first time they met, so it's awkward that she knows who they are. So Togawa stupidly goes in there, and as she steps in there, immediately... Rinko's head unfurl like one of the parasites and bite off Tagawa's head. But nothing happens, it's just the bags over her head. We discover that what happens is that Rinko has the ability to manipulate dreams in the daytime. So it's all about imagination and stuff. Like, if you have a high imagination, you can make things happen. When the kid wanted to kiss her, she used her focus to make him believe that she became an adult and she kissed him, even though all she did was she put a magic in her mouth. Because her focus, her seri, is flame. Actually, it's like her boyfriend, and she even points that out, because she's like, well, the thing is, there are no boys that could love me as much as my boyfriend. Well, who's your boyfriend? Oh, he's my Sari, see? She pulls out a match, lights it on fire. See, he's right here. And they're like, wait, you're in love with a flame? The flame can't love you. Oh, really? It can't? And you see her take off her shirt, and you think, oh, God, she's gonna be naked. A uh, lowly porn. No, she's covered from head to toe in matchsticks. I know what you're thinking, and... That's right, she's going to emulsify herself. She lights all the boxes on fire, and immediately she bursts into flames. And she dies at the end. No. What happens is that as she's on fire, immediately the flame moves away from her and creates a little spirit boy. And the spirit boy hugs her and kisses her, and then all the fire goes out. She's perfectly fine. And they're like, what the hell? Well, he's able to give me the power of illusion, and he really, really likes me. And I'm sorry, Matsubui, that I tried to take away your mask. And she hugs him. And immediately the fire goes on in her shoulder. And it's like, ah, jealous boyfriend. And she runs off. Tagawa notices, wait, Matsubuya, she has your Kitsune mask. And Matsubuya runs after her to find out what the hell's going on. 
And this is the beginning of the insanity of this manga. Because it's all about Rinko and her older sister, Toku Mishima, who are these Warabe Yusais, which are essentially dream users. They're like a mixture of a Miko and a medium, where they're able to manipulate dreams in the present time to fix nightmares and other things that are going on. For example, you have a bunch of kids who are having problems where they're wondering, how come this boy who liked me for so many years is breaking up with me now? And so what they do is, okay, we can we can fix this. They pull out a diorama and a bunch of dolls. And they say, okay, we want you to take the dolls, dress them up in the clothes that you were wearing, whatever the person was wearing, and put them in the diorama. Okay, now what I want you to do is we have these paper dolls. Kiss the paper doll, breathe on it, and put it in the thing. And immediately when they put the paper doll in it, suddenly they're not in a room anymore. They're in the setting wherever the event happened, and they're watching it from a weird point of view. They can make anything that's in your imagination come to life. They have the right type of objects. But this also works kind of backwards, because one time when Rinko's trying to show Tagawa what they could do, they go to a sandbox, they make a mountain, and immediately they get some water, they make this, like a tropical paradise out of it, and then immediately Rinko does some mumbly-jumbly, and then Tagawa's in the middle of a volcano island, and she's freaking out, and then she sees a giant Godzilla appear. And then in the real world, you see a little kid put a Godzilla there. So if they're toys that are put in this world, they become real too. But there's actually ways that they combat them. Like if they have certain items and they use their mumbly-jumbly powers. Now you notice I've talked mainly about Rinko and not about Toko, the older sister. And that's because for the most of the series, she's most of the time in her room sleeping like a narcoleptic. Because she has some anemia. Or she's in the toy shop that her, their parents owned before their parents died. And the toys are a lot of their mediums they use. And they're their avatars. Like they have these things called, the, I think it's the Broom God where it's like a portable shrine where if you put an avatar object inside the shrine and you play, because they use the word play because it was bastardized from back in the day when Mikos would use playing to invoke the gods. Long story. If you put an avatar in there, it become, you become whatever's in there in your spirit form. So, for example, let's say they put a golem in, a stone golem. In their spirit form, their spirit form become a stone golem. However, like I said, their father owned a weird toy shop, so they have a bunch of weird things they put in there. Like in one scene, Toko puts in a Valkyrie from fucking Macross and Robotech in there. So she has three forms. She can fly, she can turn to gun mode, and she can turn to guardian mode. Pretty badass. And then you have Rinko, who she uses things like Mazinger, or she puts, uh, what is the cutest one is there's a giant dragon coming to attack them. What she does is she takes this cardboard box with candles on top of it, puts it on her head, and immediately when she lights the candles, the fire shows up, and the Siri does its magic, and suddenly she's in a fucking power loader. It's really awesome. And the main story is that there's this girl named Sugumi Yoshimoto, who is, like, the star of her class. And she's been in a sort of pseudo-coma for about a half a year, where she sleepwalks, sleep talks, sleep eats, and sleep does stuff in her sleep, and she's never awake. Because what happened was, when she was younger, she had all these abilities where... If you did Kokoruji-san, which is like Ouija board, she could tell you whoever you're going to fall in love with. And she had all these abilities. She's similar to the similar to the Yume Sukai, but one day in the past, an event happened and she lost her powers and she became catatonic. During this event, she ended up menstruating. It was, it's a whole very senony thing. And it leads to this very long story about all this crap going on. I don't really want to spoil it because it's the majority of the story because it's only three volumes long and each volume is like three chapters so it's a really quick paced story. But it's pretty cool. Also, I forgot to mention one other thing. Toko's uh, Shish Seri 
is this little being that lives in her left eye. You can see it in her left eye. He's very shy. Like, if you see him in his left eye, he slams his window closed. And what he is, is he's like a being with a head that's just an eye. Really weird. But like I said, he's in her left eye. So it's kind of confusing, but he's also pretty hermity. Hard to explain. Overall, the series is pretty interesting. It's got a great hook to it, and it develops really well. And there's a lot of references to a lot of stuff, like, all through the series, you see little references to different anime series or different mangas. Like I said, you have Mazinger in it, Kakaider. You see a lot of references to Robotech, uh, Aliens. And also, as within Mysterious Girlfriend X, Ueshiba puts these huge pages that are just splash pages full of just you no know, white space. It's just a bunch of clutter, but there's all this intricate stuff that you look at and you're like, this looks really cool. And it's inventive and different, and it's pretty interesting just looking at it taking a minute and just looking at all the crazy shit that you see in there it is just crazy but it's awesome at the same time but again like i said i digress a little bit the art style is amazing it's really good and like i said there's a you see a lot of characters that look similar to the characters from mysterious girlfriend x and there's a scene near the end of the volume where you see that well little spoilers but Masubi is also a dream user. He can manipulate dreams, and in order to get Tagawa to see the, f the dreams that he's seeing, what he does is he pricks her finger, sucks on it, and then he pricks his own finger and has her suck on it. Very similar to what was done in Mysterious Girlfriend Act with the drool swapping. So, hey, I think he got the idea from here originally. I don't know. We'll see. Since it was not released over here, I can't really talk about the translation. I mean, since the only way I've read it was through a scan, and it's not a bad scan, because there's a bunch of notes afterwards about all the little intricate things that were added, and that's a really good help. But I think I would have liked to have seen this released in the Western world. I think it'd be a great sell. If they release it, that'd be awesome. And if Mr. Girlfriend X is released, well, hey, that's even better. And I don't know. So many people like this series. Pretty just a different series, and it's a dramatic change from all the other sentences you read about, because this is just bizarre. It's about dream users. Nothing normal about that. And I love the fact that it's all about imagination. Like, all that Rinko needs is she needs plastic gun, a bottle, and a match, and it turns into a huge laser gun. How fucking cool is that? If you could use your imagination to do stuff. I mean, I could take this pen and this paper clip, and I could make a laser out of it. I mean, that'd be fucking badass. But again, like I said, I digress a little bit. Just a little. So, with that in mind, after reading this and thinking about it for a while, I have to give this series, and I really, at first, like, very confused by it, because it's not finished. There's still one volume left, which is missing. But the series isn't bad. It's a great series. But for that reason, I'm going to have to give this, even if I don't want to, this is a really, really, really fucking cool series. Our highest rating. Really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't read this now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will slope, and your soul will be forfeit to the great Zolma Gustar. It's an amazing series. It's fun. It's different. And it's just, just something whimsical at the same time. And you can get read it really quick. And the art design is brilliant. It's a little different. It's a little confusing. I mean, it's nothing like Hakuto no Ken. It's nothing like Rosario plus Vampire. It's nothing like Blackjack. But it still has its own little heart. It's interesting. I'd love to read the first three versions to know what the hell's going on, though. I mean, I'd love to know more about the Mishima sisters and what Matsubu's secret is, what his deal is. Hopefully we'll learn one day. I don't know, but 
hey, hopefully we'll see. So I guess that's it for this episode of the Spark and Manga Review. And also, this is the last episode of 2011 for the Manga Review. Next episode you hear is going to be 2012. Can you believe it? It's been a long fucking year, but totally worth it. And it's been a lot of interesting things have happened, including our trip to Comic-Con, our trip to New York Anime Fest, and Anime Next, and a couple of other trips we had. Now, while it wasn't a super great year, there were some good things which did happen this year. Um, hopefully 2012 is better, but we will see. But remember, you can check out any of our other episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email me at spirekin at gmail.com or zanspirekin.com. We're on Twitter under Spirekin, Facebook under Spirekin, Manga Review, or you can call us 206-350-8462. That again is 206-350-8462. Leave a voicemail and we will play it on air. So... I guess that's it for this episode of the Spark and Monger View. Now let's get to that part you've been waiting for. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. The Wheel of Manga. Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga. Except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a prize wheel with ten slots on. What I've done is I've assigned a manga to each of the slots. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to spin the Wheel of Manga. Whenever it normally lands on, that's what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Sparkin Manga Review, episode 144. That's a kind of lucky number, and we got some interesting titles on here, and one title which I am praying not to get. Well, two I'm praying not to get, but we'll see what happens. Hopefully I don't get either of them. We'll see. So let's see what I'm reviewing in the next episode of the Sparkin Manga Review. Number four. So, the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, I'm going to be reviewing a manga called Reversible School Life. Hmm, sounds weird. Might be interesting, though. We will see. So, uh, anyway, I guess that's it for this episode. And don't worry, I'm going to have a co-host soon. I know you guys have been waiting for another co-host to come back to the Spark and Manga Review, but just Timbo's been really getting busy because he's getting ready for his upcoming nuptials. And Deke is building his house, and everyone else is just doing what they need to do. So, I guess that's it for this episode. As usual, this is Zan of the Spark and Manga Review. I am Gonsville. I'll see you next year. Later, guys. Happy New Year.